Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you. Afternoons on News Talk 770 uh, on a Thursday afternoon. We had to do uh, website pictures this morning. I hate picture day. Like all through school, I hated picture day. Whenever I get to do any kind of pictures, I hate it. And, you know, we get the email a few weeks ago. We're going to do new pictures for the website. I was was dreading this day. Uh, It wasn't actually all that bad, all things considered. But, you know, the thing was, because I had to do pictures this morning, uh, typically, I try to uh, pace my coffee consumption because I'm on in the afternoon. I have this habit of having a coffee while I'm on the air, but I drink so much coffee this morning because I want to seem, you know, alert and, and awake for pictures. And now I feel like I'm kind of wigging out a bit here. So let's see if we can make it to 3 o'clock. 974-8255 is our telephone number. It was also donut day today. I'm glad there was a donut left when I finally got here today after pictures. So there was that. Uh, after 1.30, we're going to hear from Brian Ramsey, Executive Director of the CFL Players Association. Uh, there's talk now about having CFL players be eligible for workers' compensation. And on the surface, I mean, there's some logic to it. You go to work, you get injured on the job, you get workers' comp. But, I mean, when Connor McDavid went crashing uh, into the boards last year, and um, it was very, very Sad day for, for us Oilers fans. Um, you know, he, he didn't apply for workers' compensation. But I think what CFL players earn is uh, a mere fraction of what NHL players earn. And so maybe the, the parallel is more to those who are, you know, lunch bucket, blue-collar workers. We'll hear from the executive director of the CFLPA coming up after 1.30. Now, later on today, we're going to talk about the latest controversy around the Pride Parade and some new demands of Calgary Pride. Uh, that's coming up after 2 o'clock. Off the top of this hour, a conversation about, well, I think the, the certainly two topics that we've talked a lot about and where these topics are now converging. The move toward autonomous vehicles. Are people comfortable with the concept of self-driving cars? How's that going to change the way we, we commute? How's that going to change our transportation infrastructure? Are people willing to, to give up driving? Do people trust autonomous vehicles? Had a lot of conversation about that. And of course, ride sharing, companies like Uber, a lot of debate. In fact, right here in Calgary, we still don't have Uber. And uh, there's been a whole lot of back and forth at City Hall about what kind of rules and regulations need to be in place for ride sharing companies. Well, where these stories are converging is that these, these companies seem to be in a mad dash to be the first to get self-driving vehicles on the road. Story today, a company called Newtonomy launched its first public test in Singapore. They've got their own network of fully self-driving autonomous vehicles. Now, Uber had recently announced that they were going to uh, experiment with this in Pittsburgh, although those self-driving vehicles would still have people in them, people behind the wheels. 
But I mean, it certainly changes the way ride sharing works because right now, of course, ride sharing is you're getting a ride with somebody who has a vehicle. Having driverless vehicles, um, that's much more akin to uh, a limo or taxi service. And by the way, this comes on a day where uh, Uber has announced that they've lost, what, I think $1.6 billion already this year. But I mean, is this going to happen overnight? Probably not. But joining us uh, for some thoughts, very pleased to welcome to the program Robert Scoble, uh, entrepreneur in residence at Upload VR, also author of The Age of Context Mobile Sensors, Data, and the Future of Privacy. Robert, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. So what do you make uh, of what these companies are up to? How, how serious are they about uh, moving to autonomous vehicles? Uh, very. Uh, <clears throat> um, you know, I'm, I'm standing on Google's campus, and every few minutes you see a self-driving car go by uh, with the spinning LIDARs on top. And... Uh, you, you can tell it's not just Google uh, working on this. Mercedes took me in uh, one of its self-driving vehicles in January um, for an hour and a half, and we didn't touch the steering wheel out in the desert uh, as part of the consumer electronics show. Is it as simple as the bottom line that if you cut drivers out of the equation, those are fewer people that are taking a, a cut of the revenue? Um. That's certainly going to be a driving factor, particularly when it comes to trucks and taxis and other vehicle buses, other vehicles that have have human drivers. Uh, you know, saving money is certainly uh, on the minds of people. But really, with the the first driver behind Google was safety. Uh, these technologies save lives. We already know they save lives. Uh, Mercedes told me when they put a front-facing radar on the front bumper, um, it reduces bumper sales 30%. So we already know it re reduces accidents, and we haven't even gotten into a world where a computer is making all the decisions. Um, that's probably a, a ways away, even though we're starting to see it you know, be rolled out like uh, Uber says they're going to roll it out in the next month and start actually driving people around. So I think a lot of people were caught off guard by that announcement because uh, it seemed as though we're, we're still very much in the development stage of this technology, although we're hearing announcements from some automakers that maybe we're just a few years away from these kind of vehicles being sold. But, I mean, have we come anywhere close to perfecting this technology? How safe and how ready is it? Well, the Tesla drove 1.3 million miles before it had an accident that killed somebody, and that's more miles than a human can drive without an accident. So, and this is technology that's still pretty young, and Tesla's technology is three years behind Google's technology. So, yeah, it's coming, and it's coming soon. You can see how it would revolutionize this side of the industry, uh, driving people from A to B. And maybe that, that changes our, our own habits in terms of how we get around and whether we feel the need to own cars. I mean, it always becomes more to, more like you're yeah. renting cars, where these fleets can just it, roam around and, and pick people up, drop them off. It, it would be rather efficient. It, it, it will make Uber much more efficient. And Uber is uh, probably the leading example of you know, how when things get cheaper and easier to use, more people use them. Um, you know, right now, Uber doesn't really work in my home. I live in Half Moon Bay, 45 minutes from San Francisco. If you're in San Francisco, it's almost always less than six minutes before you get picked up 
often it's less than 60 seconds. It's really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I took 10 rides in Alabama, in Birmingham, Alabama. Seven of the rides showed up within 60 seconds of me clicking the icon to call an Uber. Wow. The problem is that works in a high population density area where a driver can afford to serve that market, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't have a driver, now you can expand uh, the Uber system into my community where we only have 13,000 people living and a self-driving car can just hang out all day long, right? And well, wait yeah. for a call. Because it's not really ride-sharing anymore at that point, right? Uber has argued in, in some regulatory battles in cities that we're, we're not really a cab company. We're ride-sharing, and that's different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a different model. and Because uh, if you've got your own you fleet. driver out of it, yeah. you, you also take a lot of the regulation out. Because a lot of the regulation, yeah. you know, <laughs> in protection of taxis, uh, particularly in places like London, where they have a highly skilled uh, taxi workforce, you know, you have to pass a lot of really detailed tests to become a taxi driver in London. Mm-hmm. That's not true everywhere in the world, of course. And uh, when you remove drivers from that situation, uh, how do you regulate this stuff, right? Unless you just say no driverless cars in our city. <laughs> well, that's going to uh, not be a decision most cities make, right? Well, some might, though. I, I'll be curious to see the, the debates that are coming. Some might. Some might. Uh, particularly ones with really strong taxi unions that are scared of losing jobs or, yeah. or t- truck driver unions. But you're not going to stop this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to stop. It's going to keep coming at you, and it's going to save lives. And it, we know it saves lives. So it's going to keep coming for that reason. It's going to keep coming because it reduces costs. It keeps, it's going to keep coming because it opens new business models for things like Uber and Lyft and whatnot. Right. And for a while, it seemed as though Lyft was, was maybe in the lead on this. Uh, and, and Uber's announcement about Pittsburgh suggests that maybe they've, they've caught up or passed Lyft. So who, who seems to no, have the upper Uber, hand here? Uber is a, Uber's way ahead. Uber yeah. bought the Carnegie Mellon uh, self-driving team and that's why they're doing it in pittsburgh first because that's where that team resides and where the uber r&d lab for driverless technologies is uber has way more data than lyft uh and it's the data that enables these new technologies you have to train it first it's just to train it on the stop sign right you have to get seventy thousand pictures or videos of stop signs or you have to drive a self-driving car with a LiDAR up to a stop sign, and you have to manually train it 70,000 times for the artificial intelligence to learn what a stop sign looks like, right? And now now think about all the signs you see. I mean, I, on the way to Google, I counted more than a 1,000 pieces of text on signs that it has to properly recognize, and it has to be able to find stoplights and stop signs, and and then it has to be able to recognize what people are doing on the street, right? And what their likely next action is, because if a kid's running across the grass toward the street, it has to properly predict whether that kid's going to continue running into the street. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of information. So it's not just about being dialed into the maps. It's not just about that that GPS technology that the car knows where it's going. No. It goes well beyond that. Leading edge, way beyond. This is bleeding edge, real-time artificial intelligence technology that is fairly new. I mean, you know, they've been building self-driving cars since uh, I first started seeing them about eight years ago at Stanford. 
and um, uh, the Google team uh, bought the Stan- Google bought Stanford's team and Carnegie Mellon's earlier team, and uh, built the Google self-driving team. And that was about six years ago, something like that, seven years ago. So this stuff has been developed for quite a while, and that's just at Google. Now Ford has been uh, playing with these technologies for a decade, uh, and uh, I met with uh, Ford executives, and they explain how it works and how the front-facing radars can be used to save lives and, and do a variety of things. And now they're partnering, I believe, with Uber to um, uh, build a build a new self-driving car. Well, who's, I mean, what's Google's endgame? I don't think Google's looking to be an auto manufacturer. Are they looking to, to partner with someone? Are they looking to, to be just the technology yeah. side of it? They're still tr- Google is taking the most advanced uh, stance, which is <clears throat> Google is actually studying the humans in the street. They, they've perfected pretty much the ability of the car to, to see lane markings and stop signs and stop lights and stuff like that. The, the, the really unpredictable part of driving is what are the humans doing on the street? I mean, I, two, guys, two guys just wa- uh, drove by on a bicycle. Well, they're in the street, and they have to be dealt with properly. They have to, the, the computer system has to predict what is their next action. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Google, that, that's why Google is so far ahead of the other manufacturers, because the other manufacturers just really haven't even um, started, well, they probably started training the system on what humans are doing, but they didn't take that same approach. And I think uh, Google's uh, system is very interesting. Now, Yahoo, uh, I'm sorry, Uber has more data because they have more sensors out in the world. They have more cars. There's a street in New York where an Uber car drives down that street every 13 seconds. And then you start thinking about what that means in terms of the ability for an artificial intelligence system to train on real things in the real street and recognize differences and recognize uh, changes. It's just stunning. What about the security side? A lot of people raise this concern that these these vehicles are are vulnerable in a lot of ways. Yeah, I I asked Mercedes, why doesn't your car auto-update the way Tesla does, right? Tesla gets a new update every few days to make the car better. And this is really important in driverless technologies. The car has to upgrade to the latest maps, the latest artificial intelligence, the latest learning. And if you don't have a ability to update over the air, you're dead. You're not going to play in this world, right? And Mercedes' new cars do auto-update over the air, but until this year, they hadn't. And they said, well, we're German, and we're really scared of a hacker getting alongside the car and being able to do things to the car that uh, make it not perform properly, you know, do, do things that could be highly harmful to uh, their customers. And they're really freaked out by this world. And they're not necessarily a, a hardcore engineering, uh, software engineering company the way Google is or, or Uber is. So <clears throat> they come at it a different way, and they're being much more conservative. So, but it's a, it's a real but concern. They are worried. They're yeah. very worried. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are, and it's understandable. Now, at the same time, it's not as though people are running around cutting the brakes on taxi cabs or anything deliberately causing crashes. I don't know what would be the motivation to to sabotage an Uber vehicle, but, I mean, just the fact that that's a, a threat, I, I think it's something people are concerned about. Yeah, and I recently visited uh, Israel and talked to 
a few of the latest uh, uh, computer um, security people, and they're building new systems because the 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 systems are getting cheaper in the car. They can actually produce um, fake systems that look real, and so the hacker, even if they get into the car. M- might see 10,000 versions of that car <laughs> and then have to pick the right one. If they pick the wrong one, which is, you know, uh, uh, let's say there's a 1,000 different versions of the car, 999 of them will be fake. And so if they attack one of those fake servers, they're going to be seen and shut out of the car. So there's a whole new approach to computer uh, security that's coming at the bleeding edge, which is quite interesting because the cost of these uh Virtual machines, uh, cloud-based computing, basically, are getting really, really cheap compared to where they right. were. Well, and the thing is, and, and you make the point in your, your piece that's up today at Medium.com, that we're still about a decade away from, from really seeing this. So does, does that mean we have time still to, to address these issues? Absolutely. And, and we have to really start thinking about what we're going to do when we put a million people out of work. And keep in mind, these are not people who have probably have college degrees. Mm-hmm. They're probably not people that are highly skilled. There's plenty of jobs if you know how to program, right? There's a company in, in Illinois that's growing virtual crops, and they have 90 employees. Like This company could not have existed three years ago. So there are new jobs, and there are new highly technical jobs. But getting an Uber driver or a taxi driver into one of those jobs is going to prove pretty difficult for us in society. And so we have to talk about a variety of things that we're going to do over the next decade to prepare these people for a jobless future, get them retrained into something that they can do and and uh, stay employed, or we're going to have minimum uh, uh, salaries yeah, that, absolutely. You know, to keep people in, you know, yeah. from become, falling into deep poverty. That's a great point. Robert, uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for the insight, and uh, thanks so much for making some Thank time you. for us here. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Robert Scoble, entrepreneur and residence at Upload VR. He's also author of Age of Context, Mobile Sensors, Data, and the Future of Privacy. He's got a piece up at Medium.com uh, on this move towards self-driving vehicles and why the ride-sharing industry is so interested in it. Where it's you got that fleet, and that fleet is yours, and that fleet is constantly on the road. And, you know, you can obviously see where there's efficiency, where, where there's profit to be had. Now, Judging from some of the texts coming in, we'll read a few of them when we come back here. People are leery about this. And that's not a surprise. But I think Robert's point is we need to start having this conversation. Because it's one thing to say, I don't like this. I don't trust this. I wouldn't get in one of these vehicles. It's coming. <laughs> that's the point. You can say that, but it doesn't change the fact that it's coming. So do we want our governments to, to ban this? Do we want our governments to put rules in place to have minimum thresholds and standards? I think that's his point, is that, well, if that's what we want, then we need to start planning for that. 974-8255 is your telephone number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.